You are listening to AACTE Presents, Preparing and Sustaining School Principals, a podcast designed to shine a light on the unsung heroes of schools and universities, our principals, and the people that make them. As the leading voice in educator preparation, we'll have candid conversations with researchers, faculty, practitioners, and scholars about what makes an effective PK-12 school leader and how to prepare them. The Wallace Foundation has an established history of producing cutting-edge research that supports school leadership. In their new report, Developing Effective Principles, What Kind of Learning Matters?, Researchers synthesized two decades of research on principal pre-service preparation and professional development. We spoke with lead author Linda Darling-Hammond, president and CEO of the Learning Policy Institute, about developing effective principles and what kind of learning matters when you're providing key findings that could help a variety of school leadership stakeholders. One of the most interesting things that we found in sort of reinforces a finding from uh, a study we did a decade ago, is that the stronger uh, the preparation, the more principals feel efficacious, experience less stress, and stay in the profession, even if they're in very high-need schools. And that's because, you know, they come in, when you come in better prepared, you know, you're handling things not as emergencies, but as things you've already experienced and know how to do. Linda had three main takeaways from the report. Here she is summarizing them for us. First of all, high-quality preparation and professional development matter for principal effectiveness. And we really summarize all of the research that met high-quality research criteria from the last decade or more that demonstrates not only that it matters, but how it matters. Second of all, it turns out that both the content and the process of the preparation matter a great deal. It matters what people study. So we talk about what's been found on that score, uh, the ways in which studying and engaging in instructional leadership, in change management, in how you develop and support people in the organization are really important elements of preparation, along with a growing understanding of the ways in which equity-focused preparation can make a huge difference. Last thing I would say is that we document pretty closely the ways in which policies can support preparation programs, and those are places where both advocacy and engagement may be needed, and the role of partnerships with districts so that things like internships can become affordable and available. The Developing Effective Principles Report and supplemental materials provide a wealth of resources for prep programs, states, and districts to implement findings from the report, for which we have links in the show notes. This podcast will focus on Darling Hammond's second takeaway, the content and process of preparation matter, starting with the ways in which equity-focused preparation can make a huge difference in the quality and retention of school leaders and teachers that meet the needs of their districts. One thing many districts need, more teachers. High-quality principal preparation is incredibly important when it comes to retaining teachers, specifically diverse teachers who reflect the student population. 
That includes teachers who are racially and ethically diverse, but also teachers who are diverse in their sexual orientation, gender identity, ability, religion, etc. We asked Linda about what the research says on equity in teacher retention. We know that retaining teachers, including diverse teachers, requires inclusion and support very explicitly and proactively, including teachers in the ways in which the school is getting information and input from teachers, the ways in which teachers are being included in teams and opportunities. It matters to all teachers, whether they are in a collegial environment where they have opportunities to work with their colleagues, to collaborate with them. We also spoke with Ron Cabrera. Well, I am Dr. Ron Cabrera. I'm currently retired, but I'm a leadership consultant and I'm an executive coach. Uh, prior to this work, I've been in lots of different leadership seats, including being an elementary and high school principal, uh, superintendent of the Thompson School District in Loveland, Colorado, and interim superintendent of the Denver Public Schools in Denver, Colorado. Currently, I also do other type of work around leadership development, particularly with Latinx leaders. So I am the project director for the Four Corners Latinx Leadership Academy, including Arizona, Utah, and New Mexico, as well as Colorado. And I also lead a program called LEAD, Leadership, Equity, and Diversity for Teachers of Color and in their interest in being part of formal leadership. Here's what he had to say on this topic. Well, in any natural, I think, human construct, people really want to feel like they're valued, that they're known. As we would do with kids in a classroom, the kids who really feel like they belong, the teacher knows their name. Ask them how they are, has built a relationship with them. I think you find our strongest teachers do that on a regular basis, regardless of who all their kids are. Principal has to do the same. They can't be so busy, caught up in their office, not to build a relationship with their staff. And there's several other things they need to do. They have to be intentional in including all their staff, including the diverse staff, in any number of important type of activities, maybe hiring committees or curriculum committees or those types of things, grading committees, because having voice is also important. You know, it's not enough just to know Ron's name. You know, Ron wants to feel like if I say something, the principal's going to listen, is willing to listen. And those things are important. The last part, I believe, is, is recognition. And I'm not always talking about, you know, the employee of the month type of thing. But it is beyond just the pat on the back and saying, Ron, that was a good lesson you showed, shared with the kids yesterday. It's being able to say in some sort of public way, you know, we have a strong fifth grade classroom or we have a strong Lang Arts department. And Ron Cabrera is really doing a great job. You know, we're, there's some things we can learn from that. That little passing compliment is priceless. And those types of things make a difference and promote the sense of value. Most folks stay in a place because they like the relationships they have. They feel included. They think they add to it. Even willing to work at a lesser salary because it's a place that they feel valued. As Cabrera just pointed out, principals need to be trained to create an inclusive collegial environment for teachers. But before they do that, they need to get them in the door. In education, most of the pool of our, of our principals come from teachers. 
and I've been teaching principal leadership classes, and I will tell you, I've been doing it for 12 years, just kind of retired from doing that. And every leadership cohort that I've had, there's only like one or two teachers of color who have an interest in being a, a school administrator. And that's a problem. And the total pool, at least if you look at Colorado, only 15% of all the teachers are teachers of color. So there's a small pool to begin with. So there's a, probably a whole recruitment question you, we could kind of try to tease out what our district's doing, not only to bring in candidates, but to hold onto them so they get enough experience so they can feel like they have some roots in the public school system. But what I've been doing, uh, among other things, is certainly this LEAD program that has invites teachers of color is really to kind of get them to have open these teachers' worldview. They're competent teachers. They have to be recommended. And they haven't really seen themselves as being school leaders in, in a formal sense. You know, they might lead a few committees. They might be a department chair or a grade level lead person. But no one has really stepped to ask them, do you ever think about being a principal? And that's exactly how I got into principalship. My principal asked me, do you ever thought about it? Until that time, it had never entered my mind. It never entered my mind, that possibility. So we have to begin to, frankly, Invite teachers of color uh, to become, you know, I'm making a positive presupposition. These are quality teachers, teachers that you and I would say, they do a good job in the classroom and they could be certainly viewed by their colleagues as being competent at credibility and invite them to consider formal leadership roles. That's probably the first step. That was the case for Daniel Galagos, assistant principal at Harris Bilingual Immersion Elementary School in Fort Collins, Colorado. Galagos has an affinity for leadership throughout his career, taking on a wide scope of roles that inform his equity-centered school leadership approach today. I had taken on a lot of leadership roles anyway in my teaching. So as a sixth grade teacher, our district decided to move sixth grade from elementary to middle school. At that time, I decided to take on expanding the dual language program that we had into a middle school. And so in order to do that, the principal at the middle school asked that I come over and I began to get everything. I'd be the coordinator of that program because I, I knew it much better than he did. It, uh, it was a dual language program within an IB school, a middle school. So when I came over and started kind of managing all of the aspects, curriculum, teachers, students, parents, that's really when I said, hey, I'm already doing all this work. I'm going to go ahead and get a master's in this while I'm doing it so that I, I could hopefully put to practice some of the things that I'd be learning about. Um, it was opportune. I mean, I was in between two schools, so I had time to do all my internships and really focus in on that. So as, as that role came out as the dual language coordinator, I then wanted to become an IB coordinator. So not just for my program, but I was like, well, if my program is going to be keeping up with all the students that are in the IB program, I better be IB and dual language so that my kids don't lose out. So really what motivated me to get full in leadership and expand beyond just dual language was just this need to make sure that my students weren't going to be left behind, that we got access to honors, high level, rigorous, that our teachers were trained that way, that our delivery was, our, our instruction was going to be guaranteed to be delivered that way to our students. And the only way I could be sure that I was going to do that is if I held both roles, IB coordinator and dual language coordinator. And as I did that, I really started seeing all the moving parts, how, how training is so important, quality training for teachers. 
And so that really was what pushed me from the classroom into more of a, a an administrative role, I, I would say, is kind of wanting to do do well by my students, well by my families, um, and by the teachers that were working in the program. Honestly, I just, I, I, I try to think about what pushed me to become a, a leader, and it was just people noticed things about me, and they said, hey, why don't you try doing this? You want to run the after-school program? And and little opportunities that started like this, but then really ballooned. And I felt like my leaders really fueled my passion. While Galagos had plenty of leadership opportunities, Darling Hammond reminds us that not all opportunities are created equitably. You know, from our work on teachers of color in particular, it's very important that they not experience stereotyping or marginalization, which is a common experience that many people have. Sometimes, for example, Black male teachers are stereotyped as being in charge of discipline. You know, they're going to get called on for that. Or uh, Latinx teachers are called on all the time for translating jobs or, you know, other kinds of stereotypic assumptions about teachers and what they may do and be good at. It's important for them to be receiving the same kinds of uh, mentoring supports and opportunities to grow their professional capacities and expertise in the ways that are sensible for them, not playing a sort of stereotyped role in the school. Here's Daniel again. I am bilingual. I translated tons of documents for the school that I went into. I interpreted for meetings. I did all of these things. And I was never compensated for it. I did it because I wanted the program to work. And in some way, in my mind, I thought that if I put, if I just do all this and I, they're going to be on my side, but I've got to put in the work and I got to let them know that this isn't going to be a burden. But they never compensated me for that. I never got paid for any of those things. And guess what happened after I left that school? Two years later, the dual language program went away. And so <laughs> I think had they put a dollar sign behind all of the translations that I had done, all of the interpretations that I had done, if they had seen a monetary, I guess, a dollar sign that's associated with it, maybe they would have seen it as an investment rather than me just doing everything. The Wallace research says that through applied learning opportunities, for example, action research, field-based projects, and reflective projects, cultural autobiographies, cross-cultural interviews, analytic journals, Aspiring principals can deepen their understanding of the ways in which biases associated with race, class, language, disability, and other factors manifest in society and schools, and how principals can work toward more equitable opportunities and outcomes. And Galagos agrees that equity should continue as an emerging focus in school leadership preparation. Anything that has to do with equity. It can't be the group's efforts. It can't be a, a group of people or an association. It has to be, okay, the district has this need and here's what the districts. And then, you know, they may ask you and I, I you know, principals are going to have to come back like mine does and say, well, you know, they're going to be presenting for everybody. They should be compensated as a presenter, not just as a participant. If we're going to be doing these types of things, then I need to know what are you doing with the rest of the district? Because I want to be sure that we're marrying those things. We don't become silos because those things get overlooked. I feel like those, when, when you become a silo and you kind of do your own thing, you're like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I got this. 
they let you get it. And if you don't get it, then, and then when you start asking for help, they're like, why is there so, what's, what's the matter, guy? He goes, I thought you had this, you know, you become kind of like the jerk after a while when you're like, no, you really should have been supporting me this whole time. And so I would say, pay attention to those types of things. Pay attention to, and, and it's, and it's very subtle. My principal's great at this. She's, she can read people really well. And it's like, hey, you feeling all right? You, let's talk a little bit, you know what I mean? And just so that you're building those rapport, you're staying connected to, to, to the teachers and you're making sure that they're not getting burned out. That's why they're leaving is because they're just being asked to do so much. Galagos is an exceptional school leader that considers his lived experiences and applied learning opportunities on the job to have been more effective than the traditional preparation aspects of his training. Preparation programs undergoing or considering redesign should consider exploring resources from the University Principal Preparation Initiative, which can be found on Wallace's Knowledge Center for School Leadership. There are traditional preparation programs doing exceptional equity-centered work in collaboration with their states and districts. Well, there are lots of programs doing really, really interesting work. Two of them come to mind for me. Uh, one is the University of Illinois at Chicago, which has been building a principal preparation program for well over a decade, maybe closer to two decades. It's a PhD level program where they do have these year long internships. The curriculum is really organized around developing principles for equity in Chicago. Uh, and the evidence from that program shows that their graduates over the period of you know the first few years that they're in practice show stronger gains in student achievement, particularly for Black students and Latinx students and students from low-income families uh, relative to other principals. And they've been able to sustain this program over a period of time. The district partnership is extremely strong. It actually ultimately influenced principal preparation policy in the state of Illinois as a whole. And I think that gives me hope both for the power of high quality preparation, the sustainability, and the impact that it can have on systems. And then I would also just call out close by where I live here in California, the University of California at Berkeley, which similarly has an equity-oriented principal preparation program, uh, which is well-known, produces principals who really hit the ground running, has many of the same features, but they've parlayed that also into um, support for an induction program for beginning principals so that they're continuing to deepen their practice uh, and to uh, get the coaching and mentoring that will allow them to really um, have strong and stronger and stronger impact. And now they are sponsoring a 21st Century California School Leadership Academy that is reaching out to principals across the state uh, for professional development that carries those kinds of principles that is LES to the principals, ALS, throughout the state around how to uh, do a needs assessment of a school, how to figure out where the equity strengths are and where the needs are, uh, and then how to work with teachers in a collegial, collaborative way to tackle all the elements of equity-focused instruction and pedagogy, as well as school design. So I am uh, inspired by and encouraged by the work that is going on. Equity needs to be taken on by all stakeholders to be effective. Consider this. 
if we are preparing diverse, equity-centered leaders, who is hiring them? Here's the other thing I'm discovering. Even if they're selected for an interview, which is not a given, they sometimes get bounced out. And the most common word I heard is they just don't fit. And I will tell you, Wendy, just in pure frankness, fit for me is code for racism. They don't sound like me. They don't look like me. They haven't had the same backgrounds like me. And, you know, uh, our committee approach, while intended to be democratic, has a, a, a unconscious bias, maybe a conscious bias in terms of farming most candidates out. They have to work through the system. So it's always been a truism, it seems like, for the candidates I've talked to, that they've always felt they had to be overqualified in order to be considered as an equal to other candidates for a, for a leadership position. So we have to overcome that. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about how one might do that. But my recruitment efforts have based on mentorship, networking, and providing both kind of the knowledge and the vocabulary to get entree into hiring committees and then be able to uh, respond in a manner that people feel comfortable with them as a candidate. Circling back to the key findings Wallace reports on developing effective principles, a major one was that while access to pre-service and in-service learning opportunities covering important content has been increasing for principals and is now widely available, access to important job-based learning opportunities like mentoring or coaching is still lacking. So mentoring, coaching, hopefully we can connect them with folks who are good coaches, and just knowing that they have a support group. Again, a larger network beyond having a personal one-on-one -on -one coach is helpful. Now, the contrast here is that candidates from, dare I say, the dominant culture naturally have that because they're all around. You know, they have friends who've been through this. They have other colleagues who they're comfortable with and can quickly ask for some help and support and get, you know, encouragement. And that's probably this, the, the disparity that exists between our school leaders and who are of color and those who are not. School leaders that have mentorship and support, in addition to quality preparation that includes opportunities for applied learning, are more likely to stay in their leadership roles, as Darling Hammond reminds us. One of the most interesting things that we found and sort of reinforces a finding from uh, a study we did a decade ago is that the stronger uh, the preparation, the more principals feel efficacious, uh, experience less stress, and stay in the profession, even if they're in very high-need schools. And that's because, you know, they come in, when you come in better prepared, you know, you're handling things not as emergencies, but as things you've already experienced and know how to do. A critical element of that is the internship, which has been very difficult for many preparation programs to figure out how to organize uh, a place where the principal is uh, has an opportunity for a half a year or a full year to practice under the wing of an expert principal while they're taking coursework that is helping them get sort of the lens and the vision and the skills and the knowledge base for the many, many things the principals need to do. So working out a way that that, uh, that experience is designed and, uh, uh, and integrated into the coursework is uh, number one for principal retention. 
We're so grateful for leaders like Linda, Ron, and Daniel, who are courageously speaking up about these systemic issues while leading research and innovating the field through their work with schools and communities. We know that principals are second only to teachers in affecting student outcomes. The type of leadership we've heard from today's guests will pave the way for many to flourish as they are given more opportunity to lead in their own spheres of influence. Thanks for listening to AACTE Presents, Preparing and Sustaining School Principles. Special thanks to our guests today. For more information, check us out at aacte.org and follow us on social media at at AACTE.